my sales advice would be is about trustworthiness and reducing anxiety in the in the sales process. If you can get those two nailed down, I think you're you're on your way to uh, being a good salesperson. Um, you you got to make sure that the customer feel com- comfortable with with you and the product you're providing, um, and you got to help them make the decision in a way where they feel comfortable that they're not going to get burned. All right. Well, this is the Wise Netic Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening to us. I'm Daryl. I'm the host. I'm the head of sales here at Wise Netics. And today I've got Magnus Lepp with uh, Wash Power. He's the vice president over there. Magnus, how are you doing today, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for having me uh, on the podcast here today. It's uh, it's an honor. Awesome. Super, super happy to have you. Uh, love the conversations we've had be- before. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and, and a little bit about what you guys do there at uh, Wash Power. Sure thing. Um, so just yeah, very briefly about myself. Uh, my name is, is Magnus. I'm a 29-year-old and I am a vice president for Wash Power here in the U.S., a small subsidiary of a, a bigger Danish company. Um, I, uh, as you can probably tell by my accent, I'm, a, I'm not a, a U.S. native. I grew up in Copenhagen, Denmark. I am a bachelor in political science, shopped around a little bit for different uh, things, tried law a little bit, uh, started some marketing also before landing on political science. So I was a little bit uh, all around. Um, came to the U.S. working for um, the Foreign Service of Denmark. Actually, uh, was part of a uh, something we call the Trade Council of Denmark, uh, which basically is trying to uh, yeah, um, create business ties between Denmark and, and the U.S. Started out in Houston, then got to Chicago. In Chicago, I was uh, in charge of an initiative within agriculture to... Um, Kind of find the the agricultural sector in Denmark with the U.S. and through that position, I got in contact with uh, with Wash Power. Wash Power was uh, already off to a good start in the U.S. and was looking to create a subsidiary here in the states. And um, I was so lucky that I got asked if I wanted to uh, be in charge of that. Um, so that's uh, that's my story, uh, very briefly. That's a that's a pretty cool story. Copenhagen's beautiful, by the way. A little jealous. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's great. I'm, uh, I'm blessed to be here in uh, in Chicago, which is also a very, very beautiful city, especially in the summertime when you can enjoy Lake Michigan <laughs> and uh, and all that good stuff. It it really is. I love Chicago. I've got a few good friends from there. Um, do you have a favorite pizza in Chicago? Well, obviously, I've tried the Chicago pizza. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's it's uh, it's good to try. I'm not sure if that's my favorite. I I think I enjoy more a traditional Italian uh, style pizza with a with a thin thinner crust. That's fair enough. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one. Chicago <laughs> is is my go to, but it's true. You can only have like the slice. If you try to go past that, you're gonna have a bad for sure. night. <laughs> for sure. And I think you're paying a price for it afterwards. Afterwards, all that cheese and all that, man. Oh, it's rough. You- you certainly are. And and younger me could pay that price. Older me, maybe not. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this, because everyone, uh, I always find this interesting, is what would you see, say are your top three achievements and kind of what did you learn from those experiences? 
So um, I, I'll give you two. In Denmark, we uh, we are we are very modest. So I'll give you two. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think the first one is more on a on a personal level. I I was very um, you know a little bit worried about coming here to the states. How would I fit in? Would I get a group of friends? And would I be able to thrive here? Uh, got here four years ago. I literally got here with uh, yeah a, a bag, and I had found a, a roommate through a Craigslist uh, down in Houston. Uh, all turned out well. I'm just very uh, uh, yeah proud of being able to uh, be where I'm at now with uh, a job that I'm very proud of, and with a great group of friends and a, a beautiful and sweet uh, girlfriend. Um, so so that's something that I'm that I'm proud of. Um, and then I would say, on a more professional level, uh, the position with with Bosch Power has really been, um, you know, a, a blessing for me. I've been very um, um, happy about them putting so much trust in a relatively uh, young and unexperienced guy, and uh, it's just been a great learning experience for me. Kind of, uh, yeah, um, getting around all aspects of business, uh, everything from accounting to legal aspects to sales and production and and what have you. Um, so that's been great. Um, so I'll, I'll keep it at those two. <laughs> All right. I've never heard that Danes are humble, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I'll agree with you there on, on that. Um, really kind of cool. I don't know if I would look in Craigslist for a roommate now, but <laughs> maybe four years ago. That's not a good idea to do. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky that, that wasn't an axe murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, We're super happy to have you. I mean, I love talking with you, but uh, this is also going to be a pretty funny question for you. How would your parents describe what you do? So that's that's an an interesting question. I I grew up in a um, a kind of an academic home. My my dad my dad is a historian, and my mom is a geographer. so they've been very far removed from anything to do with, with business or marketing and even further removed from anything to do with agriculture. Um, so I don't know exactly what they would describe what I do. I mean, they know the basics of, of, of what I, uh, what my job entails running the, the business here in the States of, uh, for wash power and so on, but all the kind of uh, nitty gritty of the business and, and, uh, and what it means to be in agriculture and how, we produce protein and so on. That's something that they have no experience with. So they're always very interested in hearing about it. Hearing, first of all, how is it with the business, but also hearing about the things that I'm out here experiencing um, in my line of work. Okay. that's uh, That that makes a lot of sense. Is there um, an area of geography that your mother focuses on or history that your father focuses on, or are they very general? Uh, my dad... Um, was uh, just retired, but he was uh, he had uh, written some of uh, the maritime history of Denmark. Okay, and that's cool. Latest, he was um, overseeing um, a, a museum of uh, the industrial history of Denmark. So I guess there might be a little bit of uh, ties there um, to to business, but uh, yeah, in another way, my mom sure. is going to be in a condition. A completely different field now. She's working in uh, the administration of a uh, business school in uh, in Denmark. Okay, that's awesome. I, I'm a big history buff, um, and unfortunately, there's a, a meme going around about uh, you know my teenagers brought it up about white males and thinking about the Roman Empire. And of course, the book I'm reading right now is 
about the Roman Empire, about Hannibal, and about Alexander the Great. So I'm getting cheesed all day, every day, <laughs> if they see that. <laughs> um, but thanks for sharing that about your parents. It's really cool. Um, and uh, always cool to see people come from academics and how people ended up in agriculture as well. Um, kind of shifting to the marketing side, what are your thoughts on content marketing and, and kind of how do you see its differences compared to your traditional marketing, your paper pamphlets and all that stuff? Uh, that, that's a great question. I mean, I think to start with, I think a lot of people have a certain amount of content uh, for, for advertising. You know, it's annoying. You're getting bogged down with pop-ups on a website or you, you're seeing commercials uh, in your favorite shows or, or what it might be. Um, the way I look at it, you know, I think the issue is uh, advertising can be really great. I mean, it just has to be targeted to you. The annoying part is really when you're seeing advertising that has nothing to do with your situation. You know, when I'm watching a TV show and it gets interrupted by somebody trying to sell me baby diapers, you know, that's not relevant to me and that's just annoying. Um, but if I'm seeing something that's really helpful to a um, purchasing decision that I'm in the middle of, um, you know, that's great. You know, somebody's uh, pushing this laptop over another laptop, for example, that might help me make a better purchasing decision. Um, so I think the issue is badly targeted advertising. And I think a lot of the traditional marketing channels are suffering from that. Uh, it's basically the way I see it, a shotgun blast and you're trying to hit everybody and their, their mother. And that's just not very uh, conductive to, to business, I think. Um, so that's where I really see the advantages of, of uh, content marketing. You can make something that's really relevant for the audience um, that you're trying to target. And if you do it really well, you can even make it so that it's um, something that they might watch anyways, you know listening to their favorite podcasters and you can pitch in there or it could be something on YouTube or on TikTok, something they, they, they would navigate to on their own and not something that is, you know, forced down their throat uh, like many times in traditional marketing. So that's really where I see some of the benefits of it. Awesome. I love that you said shotgun blast to traditional marketing because that is really what it is. I mean, if you I think the, you put it the best way, the diaper commercial while you're watching a movie. If you don't have a need for diapers, that commercial means zero to you other than here goes five minutes of my time. Um, so, And I, I agree, content marketing allows you to get to a very targeted person who's going to want to consume it either mm. way. Kind of building on that, um, you know, digital media is a big part of content marketing. How does Wash Power use digital media right now to build relationships with its audience? So, so one of the things we have been um, successful in, I think, is trying to go down some more um, untraditional routes. Um, so we've had some success with uh, engaging a, an influencer on, on YouTube. Um, and um, I contacted him asking him about uh, whether he would be interested in testing out our uh, robotic power washer. Um, I thought it would be a great, um, you know, relationship, uh, a mutual relationship. You know, uh, people are interested in new technologies and it's relevant to his audience. Um, and uh, obviously we want to go out there and try and spread the word about what we're doing. Um, so that's one thing we've had a lot of success in, I think. 
what really hit the nail with that was we got to the audience that we were targeting. And also we, you know, as a salesperson, you're always, you know, you're, you're not necessarily the most trustworthy person uh, because you have an interest in selling a product. <laughs> and that's always an issue, uh, you know. Um, so I think if you're able to go out there and get somebody else to talk about your product and tell them about their experience about it, both good and bad. I mean, we, we don't mind if they say, oh, there might be this thing that it, the robot is not getting completely cleaned or whatever. We want an honest opinion about it. Um, and that's part of building uh, some trust. Um, with, with the uh, the target audience that we're in. And I think that works way better than trying to portray some sort of a picture-perfect uh, thing uh, because there's always going to be something, you know. Um, so I really like that. That that got us a lot of attention and really helped uh, launch our business here in the U.S. Awesome. Awesome. In, it's interesting that you went the influencer route, but they do get to a very specific audience. And if that's what you're targeting, it's perfect to get there. And you're right. Trust is salespeople. That's our probably our biggest hurdle. Exactly, and I think you know, going back to traditional marketing, I think we're also faced with the issue of we're trying to bring something new to the market that people haven't heard of. If we just plaster a washing robot on the front page of some uh, swine-related magazine, people are going to be looking at that, thinking, "What the hell am I looking at?" You know. <laughs> um, so we need somebody to tell our story um, in a way that would engage our audience, have them interested in it, and also in something that's a little bit more lengthy uh, so we get an, an opportunity to show the product and what it is that it actually can do. And for, for that, it was just uh, it was just great. Uh, it worked, I believe, way better than, um, than what traditional marketing um, would have uh, given us. Absolutely. And I'm sure the feed... I like to look at feedback as free consulting. And I'm sure the feedback from that was great for you guys as well for sure and i think uh, you know when you are a uh, a business i mean the issue if you're trying to launch a new product you're trying to build something for the market um but you don't necessarily know exactly what it is that the market wants the easier way is to try and get feedback from your existing customers and then build something that they really like um that's at least my way about it uh, thinking about this i mean um, getting the product right is one thing, um, um, but you might uh, you might get the product right, but for a market that doesn't exist, and you can get away you can get around that by really engaging with your existing customers and getting feedback by uh, speaking with people in the industry and hearing feedback on the posts that you do on social media and so on, reading through the comments and so on. That's awesome. That's that's great advice for anything, really. Um, jumping kind of in that little feedback area, what are the biggest challenges that you guys are facing right now in terms of marketing and communication at Wash Power and kind of how are you tackling that? I think it, it's, there's just this paradox, uh, when launching a new product. Um, I should say we have been in business since 2016. So we have a product that's very established in Europe and in Denmark, especially, but it's still pretty new to the U.S. market. Um, so this is something that relates to the U.S. market. Um, but there is this paradox that when you're going out and selling something the first time, um, you're speaking with uh, somebody who, um, 
we're dealing a lot with with uh, these bigger corporate uh, farmers, and you're speaking with some director of production, and my feeling about how they are seeing things is, you know, they've got a great job and they don't want to put their neck out on some product from Denmark that they've never heard about. Um, so next step is, you know, then you go and, oh, we have all these statistics from Denmark. We know we can clean so much. We can save you so much labor, you know. And here is a return on investment calculation. You'll get your money back in in a year and so on, you know. And halfway through that conversation, you have kind of lost this interest because you're throwing numbers and statistics and it, all that at him. And um, um, so I think then they just default to, um, you know, who's using this product? And who can I contact uh, to learn about it? Because they don't have the time to go through all the statistics you're throwing at them. And they don't have any way of verifying what you're saying is actually true. So the easy route for them is who's using it? Um, and that presents an issue when you're launching something new. I mean, if your answer to that question is everybody's using it, you know, and then, you know, you're already, uh, you're already there and there's no need to make another sale because you're already sitting uh, in Bahamas with your, uh, with a drink in your hand, enjoying all your millions. <laughs> so, and if your answer is nobody to that, you know, that poses an issue because why is nobody using it? Um, mm-hmm. So that's really the hurdle that I think we have to get past. Um, so the thing that I really try to put a lot of emphasis on is trying to build case stories with our customers, talking about the benefits that they have seen, uh, getting videos from our customers, getting testimonials and so on, uh, because that's really what can build that trust with somebody who doesn't have the time to look into every detail of your product uh, to get them to be interested in eventually buying your product. Sure. No, all of that makes sense. So would you say you're probably like, have you heard of like the diffusion uh, of innovation or like the early adopter kind of graph? Yeah, yeah. You're probably in the thick of that. <laughs> yeah, so I, the way I see it, I think in, a, uh, in Europe, we are probably at a place where we are um, getting past the early adopters. It's, it's being considered a... Uh, you know, an established technology that works and if you have a bigger farm, you're using that mm-hmm. because it makes sense. In the US market, North American market, we're more at an early adopter stage and we still have to go out there and preach and really make sure that um, we are presenting our case and are uh, telling about the, the success stories we have here. It's not accepted yet as this is the way to go forward if you want to um, wash your barns more efficiently. Sure. I just want to point out, you said yet. I believe it will be the standard in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a job that anybody particularly enjoys, and uh, with the uh, the labor restraints in the industry right now, um, I have to say this obviously, but I can't see it going any other way. No, absolutely. Um, all of these, what you just said, kind of brings me to the next question, where. You know, obviously, we're you're an innovator, early adopter stage because it, it isn't a new company here in the U.S., right? How do you build brand authority and thought leadership in the marketplace right now? And how important is that for Wash Power? I know we kind of touched on it with the case studies. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a good point. I mean, I think a lot of sales has to do with uh, trustworthiness of 
of you as a salesperson, and it has to do with reducing anxiety for the customer in the buying process. They're sticking the neck out for you. They don't want to, uh, you know, get uh, be the one who invested in some product that turns out not to be great. Um, and I think part of that can be uh, being a, a thought leader in uh, the industry and being the guys that people go to for advice, in our case, advice on how do we get our barn cleaned, how do we save on labor. Uh, so I think that's very important. Uh, we uh, try and engage as much as we can, you know, through social media, uh, through doing podcasts. Um, and we've also um, been thinking a lot about how we can engage with some of the universities um, um, seeing how can we further uh, document the benefits of our product um, how can we use them as kind of a, a show um, a yeah, a showroom for our product by uh, um, helping them out um, with maybe washing some of their barns but they also can get to learn some of their students about what we think is the future of, of farming uh, and so on we've also done things um for example, like bringing uh, pork producers back to Denmark on a uh, on a trip, uh, not necessarily just to see um, wash power and do a, an elevator pitch uh, that takes a week, uh, but uh, actually teaming up with some other Danish companies and bringing them around to farms and knowledge institutions and so on. And that's also been working pretty great. I think you know um, you get to. Uh, talk with your customers. You gotta exchange. You can exchange uh, knowledge both about there's some stuff we can learn about pork production in the U.S. and some stuff they might be able to learn from pork production in Denmark. And uh, part of that conversation can be robotic power washers, but it can really be anything. Um, for us, it's just uh, more on getting the chance to engage with potential customers and um, you know uh, showing them something different, uh, teaching them about how we see things done and learning from how they see things. That's awesome. I, I love that approach. Um, also, next time you do it, I'm open anytime to go into Denmark. Danish food has a special place in my heart. So just let me know. Uh, you got my few, email. One of the few. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Have you, had, yeah, uh, I, have you tried a pickled herring? I have. I oh, have. Okay. Did you like that? I have. I, I do. I do. I don't know oh, why man. I do. <laughs> I don't know why I do. I'll be honest. Um, I'm adventurous. Let's just say that my wife is Cuban and her father cooks a lot of Cuban food. That's very, <sighs> most people from the U S probably wouldn't eat it. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's so good. You just have to try it. Sometimes it, it is that. Um, and, uh, you can't go wrong with fried pork belly either. So that's true. That's true. That's you just a can't go wrong. <laughs> it's always a winner. If it's on the menu, <laughs> I'm getting it. Um, so, uh, with all of what we've said right now, obviously it takes a very special person and to do all of it. What is one of the most important traits, in your opinion, um, someone needs to have to be successful in a position like yours? Um, that's a good question. I think, um, at least this is going to be relating to me, at least for me being an outsider to the industry. I grew up in a city far removed from agriculture. I think one of the things that have helped me has been just a 
genuine curiosity about things. You know, I'm always interested in going out there and seeing what's going on the on the farm. To me, I don't know every uh, nook and cranny and how every uh, part of the operation out there, uh, but I'm always interested in learning about it. And to me, that's been a great way both to get a better understanding of the application that our product is uh, is working in. Um, and also, you know, people like to, to talk about their operation, what it is that they do and so on. And uh, when there's somebody willing to listen, then you, you also get an opportunity to build a, a relationship. Um, so I think uh, curiosity is a good trait to have. Um, I also think having uh, um, some empathy for um, people out there on the farm, um, you know, uh, the situation that uh, they're, they're dealing with. Uh, you know, power washing a, a barn that's that's not the most fun job out there. Um, and, um, you know, we, we want to be those uh, that are helping them with that. And so we want to be empathetic about helping them uh, get rid of this tedious task and be empathetic also in the after sales of the product. want to be sure that we're able to provide good service and helping them with issues, whether they are, uh, how do we uh, set up the robot to do even better than it is right now? Or how can we uh, use it more efficiently in a specific layout? Um, and then I think, you know, it helps every salesman to be uh, enthusiastic about the product. I think that really rubs off on, on your customers. When uh, you're out there and, you know, um, seeing uh, things are working out great and it's... Uh, washing away uh, that always get me excited <laughs> and um, I, i'm i think that uh, rubs off on our customers also um, so they they share that yeah moods are moods are contagious right you know yeah. if mom's not happy nobody's happy it's kind of the same <laughs> thing right so, yeah absolutely i love i love that you said curious um because i i feel that's super important as well i'm an outsider myself that agriculture in general. And it probably feels the same way to you where when we're learning about the industry or talking to our customers or our prospects, um, it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose a little bit. It is. I mean, and there's so much uh, lingo uh, and and things you just uh, don't necessarily know about. Um, and I think it doesn't help trying to, um, you know, um, I mean, the other route you could do, go down would be to try and portray yourself as somebody who knows everything about it. And I just don't think that's very conductive to trying to build some sort of trustworthiness about your character. Um, you know, I would rather just be, you know, upfront about it. I'm, I'm a newcomer to uh, these, this industry. I'm curious. I want to learn everything I can, but I'm not going out there pretending I know anything about it. Um, one of the most important things is that trustworthiness. And if you uh, if you don't have that, then uh, you might as well uh, go home and pack your bags. That's right. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. So did you ever have a mentor, like professionally, that kind of helped you get going? And, and who was that and how did they help? Um, so one person I, I want to mention is, um, is my colleague, uh, Lars. Um, he's an... Uh, yeah, an old rat in uh, the uh, the sales business. He's been selling any, anything from computer systems over uh, 
speakers to uh, barbecue grills and I don't know what. He knows every little trick and uh, whatever there is in the book. And so he's always been a great helper. And I think um, what he does well is, um, you know, talking about that enthusiasm uh, you can have for a product that can also sometimes steer you a little bit off calls as you get excited about new opportunity or something we think we should develop or whatever. I think he's been very good at, you know, um, managing without micromanaging and, you know, kind of being those uh, yeah, bumper rails on a bowling alley, you know, he's, he's there to save you when you're about to go down the gutter, uh, but he's not trying to control your, your whole path. Right. Um, so, so I really want to yeah, mention, I think he's been a, a great help uh, to me, especially as I don't have a, a business background. Um, so there's a lot of things for me still to learn that aspect too. Um, awesome. It keeps you grounded. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It keeps you grounded. Awesome. I, I like hearing about old sales dogs. They have some yeah. good stories too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. Did you always want to be in sales? I mean, I know your your title's vice president. Are you VP of sales, or is sales kind of your wheelhouse for Wash Power right now? Well, that that's uh, yeah, that's that's kind of funny. I usually say um, being vice president in a until recently, we were only me here in the states. <laughs> so I usually said that I was uh, I was second in command in a company with only one employee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's uh, awesome! <laughs> so, um, so that that's a good place to be. Then uh, nobody can um, can hold you to anything. Right? But uh, I would say the more um, uh, precise description of it would probably be v- VP of Sales. We just got our first employee here in the in the states. A guy called called uh, Jake, um, who um, is off to a flying start already. So that's uh, that's also nice getting some colleagues over here. Um, but I mean, it was never, uh, something that I, I mean, to me, this has always been, um, very far removed from anything I thought I'd be doing. Um, you know, started political science, went into this whole, uh, trade relations, uh, world. Uh, mm-hmm. so I never thought I would, uh, I would end up where I'm at. And sometimes I have those moments when I'm out some uh, rural place in uh, the Midwest uh, on my way to a, uh, a, uh, a South Farm or what it is, where I think, how the hell did I end up here? Um, <laughs> but that's just, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, that's just life. And that's also what makes it, uh, makes it a lot of fun. You end up places where you never thought you'd be. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's great. Um, so, yeah, short answer. I never thought I'd be here, but I really enjoy it. Um, I think the common denominator in in, uh, in what I've done so far, I think it's something with, you know, connecting with people. I've always enjoyed that part. Uh, and I think um, the adventurous part, um, uh, you know, going out where you don't necessarily uh, are able to um, touch the, the bottom, um, being in some new situations, uh, going out, seeing different things. I'm, I enjoy that stuff. You get to do that a lot. Salesperson, as you're driving around and visiting with customers, and you also get to do that in the position I had before, uh, connecting all kinds of different companies in Denmark, companies in the U.S., and so on. So, so I, I like that. I I love the outlook, and I think that's what I like about it too. Is that not every day is the same, and you get to meet a 
whole bunch of different people you probably would have never met if you didn't do it. And you're right. It, it makes life interesting. What is, um, what is one piece of advice that you'd give to someone starting out in a similar career? So I think my, my, my sales advice would be, is about trustworthiness and reducing anxiety in the, in the sales process. If you can get those two nailed down, I think you're, uh, you're on your way to uh, being a good salesperson. Um, you, you got to make sure that the customer feel com- comfortable with, with you and the product you're providing. Um, and you got to help them make the decision in a way where they feel comfortable that they're not going to get burned investing in something um, uh, that is not going to work. Um, and one of the things you can do is what we've talked about earlier, you know, be sure you have your references on point and you got the, got something to present. Uh, you know, these are the ones we're using it. You can talk with this guy. Yes, this and this experience with it. Uh, here's a case story and so on. Um, so I think those are really the things that it's about. Um, and if I should give a more general advice, I would think uh, it's more about just going back to curiosity. Also, just you know, jump into things. Uh, that's always been. Um, well, I mean, it's never really done me any wrong. The worst thing that really can happen is that you learn that there's something you don't want to do, and then you can move <laughs> on from there. So, um, I would say, yeah, jump into things. You can always make. Uh, uh, yeah, you can always turn around and go down a different route if you've started on a, on a wrong path. That's right. You can always back up. That's great yeah. advice. Um, I, I'd like to probably add to it because sales is what I do is is listen. Yeah. Just listen. That's a big thing. Um, listen, and, and that helps with the trust part. Yeah. People want to be heard. So here's uh, as we kind of wind down here, we've got – Three questions left. What do most people misunderstand about you the most? Um, I think um, I think there is uh, some cultural differences between the way business is conducted in the uh, in the U.S. and the way it's conducted in in Denmark, um, mm-hmm. and that's been something um, that I needed to learn. Uh, but I think. In general, in Denmark, we might be a little bit, uh, you know, introverted. And if we're out selling something, it's like imagining a, a German engineer, you know, here's the product, <laughs> this is the dimensions, here's the return on investment. Do you want it or not? Um, whereas I, my experience has been that here in the U.S., it's much more about your relationships and that um, you're somebody that people think they can trust, they know you, and so on. Um, much more out and having uh, going to networking events, and maybe out and having a dinner or whatever to try and build that that trust. Uh, than it is just presenting the facts, and you know. Um, so I think that's more something that um, you got to learn when you are uh, coming from a different background, uh, knowing the different cultural differences between countries. That's interesting. Would you say that's for the, for most of Europe, it's more black and white. Here's the cost, the and value relationship based relationship, or 
I think that's more us uh, crazy people in the uh, the Nordics, in, including uh, Germany, <laughs> who are just uh, been sitting in darkness and cold for too long. So we're <laughs> we just got an eating pickled herring. Fair enough. We haven't learned to socialize yet, so yeah, I think that's more on us. Fair enough. That uh, great. Great answer. Um, <laughs> kind of building off that a little bit. Do you have a favorite trip that you've ever been on? Um, for a vacation, um, I think my favorite trip was uh, uh, going on a on a road trip uh, with uh, one of my uh, my close friends, where we uh, drove from uh, Chicago all the way out to to Yellowstone. It was just a um, a, an amazing uh, trip. Um, Seeing uh, seeing Yellowstone was amazing, and it's um, coming from Europe. It's something that uh, is very special. We don't have anything like that, and it's uh, a trip that people uh, would be saving up for for years if it was something they were doing while living in in uh, Europe. So that was something mm-hmm. I was very uh, uh, that was a lot of fun, um, That's very awesome. interesting to see. I really like that. Uh, so That's awesome. Yeah. I actually have a friend in Chicago who did. The exact same thing. Oh, okay. Went from yeah, Chicago might tell to you that the first couple of hours uh, of driving, first ten or fifteen, might be a lot of uh, not so interesting stuff. Uh, just uh, <laughs> cornfields on each side. But once you get past, uh, get to the western part of the Nebraska, then it starts to get really exciting. <laughs> that that is true. You, uh, it's a lot of flat, boring land yeah. for most of that but front well drive there. Well, well worth it. <laughs> Well, I, that's on my list too. I'm hoping to do it sooner than later because um, it is beautiful in the pictures and everything. Uh, super sure, happy you got uh, to do it. You know, um, for me, uh, not being a native to the U.S., you know, when I think of the U.S., or at least before, I would think of all the big cities, you know, New York and L.A. and so on. Think of that as the U.S., but there's so much great nature, uh, which is really worth exploring. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, you'll uh, you'll have to come kayaking here in the mangroves in Florida. Oh, see all sorts of crazy stuff. That was, uh, that was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of weird stuff in the Everglades, people included. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we're kind of at the end here. The last question I've got for you, Magnus, is where can listeners find you online? Um, well. Um, if they want to connect with me directly, I think the easiest way is probably LinkedIn. Um, if they want to learn more about our company, it's uh, washpower.com, where they can check out our our offerings. Uh, in there, they can also find context details for, for both me and my, uh, my colleague, uh, Jake. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Magnus, thank you so much for coming on the WiseNetics podcast. Um, again, he's Thanks with WashPower. Yeah, no. We, We'll have you again, I think, or at least you and I. If I go into Chicago, you and I are getting a beer for sure. For sure. But uh, (laughs) thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time.